This episode is being brought to you by Soul Tribe Publishing House. Hello and welcome back to Soul Sister Sunday Podcast. My name is Kim. And my name is Jay. And hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to our episode today, our lovely Sunday. What is our sermon for today, Kim? Our sermon for today is be a free thinker and believe in what you want to believe in. I'm trying to make it fit into today's topic of the episode. So I think that works well. <laughs> that works well. Then we'll take that for $100. <laughs> With that being said, today we are going to be talking about conspiracy theories. Yes, a whole bunch of conspiracy theories, some new ones that Kim or myself haven't really been in tune with. We're discovering some old ones that we have come across and ones that we think you listeners will enjoy getting to know and getting to hear our opinion about and how we look at conspiracy theories. So by all means, put on your tinfoil hats. And if you don't have tinfoil, then baby, make it work. Just hide under the bed, unplug your phone, disconnect your router, and cover up your camera on your webcam. Do that. And of course, listen to us as you do it because we need to tell you what's going on in these conspiracy streets because we are so much a part of them. I don't know about you, Kim, but I love reading conspiracy theories. I love going down the rabbit holes of the conspiracy theories that just create so much magical realism for me and create a happier and more interesting world. I wouldn't say that I view them that way like you. They used to creep me out a little bit because of how much they can relate to real life and how some of it seems so true. So I'm slowly getting into the whole conspiracy thing, but there are a few that I honestly believe in. The idea of conspiracy, it's almost a way of stigmatizing people to think for themselves, for people to have questions for themselves. So I don't really like to label myself a conspiracy theorist because I'm not. I am more of a taster of conspiracy theories and a researcher. (laughs) So you take in the information, dissect it, but you're not going to go outside with a tin hat on and hide from the world. Well, I might go outside with a tin hat, but it won't be normal reasons of why people wear tin hats. I might just go outside because it's fashionable, because I'm cool. (laughs) Okay, well, whatever works for you. I'm just saying you're not one of those people who go all out. (laughs) No, but I do think that there's value in having both sides. As we say on this podcast, two things can be true at the same time. And truth is not objective in life. It never is. So can we really say conspiracy theories are all... No. Can we say people who don't believe in conspiracy theories are all... No. Can we just balance each other out? Yes. Let's do that on this fine Sunday. We'll try our best. I know it doesn't work like that in real life, but we got you today. In this space, it will work like that. Let's get into it. So the first conspiracy theory that we're going to talk about is one that I have mentioned a couple of times before in previous episodes. If you've been listening, you know that I have a big belief about dinosaurs not being real. We're going to get into that. Well, let's get into it. What's up? Why do you believe that dinosaurs are not real? I have a couple different reasons, but I'll keep it real simple. A close friend of mine, who I also consider a sister, pointed this out to me maybe about a year ago about how dinosaurs honestly did not exist. We can't really say what they really looked like. We can't say what they really sounded like. We can't say what they really did throughout the world if they were really here. 
And there have been too many times where there's a dinosaur bone found here and a dinosaur bone found there. You know how they find bones as they're doing their forensics or during their uh, archaeology things? Yes. But how are they supposed to know exactly what those bones are for? Or how they're supposed to be placed together to make this body? There's also a video floating around too where a guy talks about a little bit more of the dinosaur bones and how they just put shit together to make some type of <laughs> creature. Hmm. And also the idea of Pangea. And I talked to my daughter and my niece about this too so I got them in the same boat with me so <laughs> <laughs> all right I hope you guys all got life rafts <laughs> no seriously like, I told my niece about dinosaurs not being real and every chance she gets she'll tell people my TT and I talk about that all the time and dinosaurs are not real so she's out there spreading the word Ooh. and then <laughs> <laughs> like a good what do we want to compare that to I feel like it reminds me of people that go knocking on people's doors every Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> Jehovah's Witness? Yeah, did you know dinosaurs are not real? Let me tell you why. Let me hear the word. <laughs> well, that is her job to tell people what her TT told her and she honestly believes it too. And then my daughter learned about Pangea in school. So the idea of Pangea, the world was all together. All the continents were together as one piece of land. Yep. And with natural disasters of earthquakes and things like that, it split. If dinosaurs were all together on Pangea and they died because of meteorites, earthquakes, whatever have you, they died. And it split up. How do we know exactly what bone goes where everything became spread out? So we're going to find a bone in Africa, find another bone in Asia and find two bones over here in Denver, Colorado. And this all belongs to the same animal. It, it doesn't really make sense. Okay. So you're saying the jigsaw puzzle don't add to a puzzle piece. It does not. And then the evolution of a dinosaur. We all know, well, I don't know if we all know, but I've been told for years that the T-Rex is a descendant of a chicken. Mm. And even as a kid, when I heard that, I thought that was stupid. How did something so big and scaly with all these teeth and making all these loud noises turn into this little bird that clucks? Mm. I know things change over time <laughs> and I know evolution is real, but that right there just didn't add up to me. And with recent findings, supposedly, of the new bones they found, they say that a T-Rex actually had feathers. So they're trying to find a way to make it seem like they were related to chickens, but I still call bullshit. Oh, okay. All right. So we have one for no dinosaurs ever. Can we have another one for maybe dinosaurs? I'll be the devil's advocate in this just because I particularly don't have my bet on anything. So I don't have a cat in this fight whatsoever, but I'm on Kim's side. <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm going to play the devil's advocate because I do have some questions. I enjoy the level of questions that are coming from this idea, whether dinosaurs existed or not. I do enjoy that, but I think about the many aspects that you're bringing about as to why the reasons that they didn't exist. And I do think that those are valid. However, I question whether the timing of this also has anything to do with when dinosaurs existed. Because in the history of dinosaurs, and I'll put that in air quotations because we don't know if there's a history of dinosaurs, we just know that there's these big fossils being found and we don't know what they represent like Kim said but there's also a lot of technology that helps create this and we can say oh but we don't ever know what they look like seriously but at the same time we can take that same technology and use it to reframe someone's face and body and those are pretty accurate matches so can we fully say that technology is not doing its job in rendering something 
from Bones. I don't know if I completely agree with that. And I can't say that I completely am on board with that path of thinking. I go against that technology shit. Only because... <laughs> That's why she got her tinfoil hat on. <laughs> <laughs> Only because... Or wait, or is it a can hat? We don't know yet. Stay tuned. Well, I have some type of hat on my head and it'll be cute. It'll match my colorful braids. The reason I say technology is bullshit, we did not just discover dinosaurs and what they look like and all these different things about them yesterday with the technology we have now. We're speaking about technology that was used back in the 70s and 80s when they put these things together and placed them in museums. Okay. Technology back then was different. It wasn't oh. as advanced as now. Yeah, I disagree with that because technology on the governmental level has always been higher than the masses. They had cell phones <laughs> way before masses had cell phones. They had computers, internet working way before the general public did. And also another thing, I agree with you in terms of maybe it wasn't as precise, but we have to look at fossils too that are written with paintings of people who have experienced this. And there are the graphics that go on the wall. I don't want to say hieroglyphs. It's not that, but I know what no, you're talking but they're, about. They're, they're the equivalent of hieroglyphs. And so what do we say about that in terms of people's experience and what they saw? So are you voiding that as well? Because it might not have been a particular dinosaur looking, as we say, but I do believe that people that experienced this that back then wrote it down for a reason. And they wrote down aliens. So... Well, okay. See, that's different. Aliens are real. I honestly believe that aliens are around us right now. We can't even tell. But with dinosaurs, if we look at the caveman paintings on the wall, true, there's pictures of them fighting off something that looks like a bull or something that looks like a hyena. Those type of animals. I'm not in that industry, so I can't say exactly what the other creatures are, but from what I've seen, it don't look like no big ass T-Rex they're charging at. It doesn't look like a pterodactyl is hovering over them. So there may have been some type of prehistoric animal. I'm not dismissing that, but I'm dismissing Jurassic Park. (laughs) No Jurassic Park. Okay. And that's fair. I think that's one of those circumstances where it's half truth, but you also need a different part of history that makes it full truth. We don't know what was happening back then, but we do know, or we can agree that there was something bigger than human size walking around. I can't agree with that part either. I just said there were prehistoric animals, but I cannot say exactly how big they were. And I know humans are different from animals. And supposedly humans were like two, three feet tall back in the day. And as time went on, we got taller. So if humans got taller as time went on, these big ass animals turned into little land creatures that barely reach a foot. They stand up on their two back legs. That's so interesting. That's backwards. That's so interesting, Kimberly. Kim, Kimmy, Kimly. (laughs) I'm gonna call you all the nicknames. Well, out in the streets, they call me Miss Kim. So you can call me that too. (laughs) Miss Kim. Ooh, okay, Miss Kim. I hear what you're saying. And I think about this part of spirituality. In spirituality, they talk about different people living in this world before us. Different sizes of individuals, not even people, because we don't even know what to call them. They have terms for it in the spiritual world, but sometimes I just live my life. And they talk about how big they were and 
the trees that we see as mountaintops, they be looking like tree trunks. And that's a different conspiracy out there in terms of what was living on this planet and was it bigger than we recognize in history? So if we look at it from that perspective, I do believe that there were animals that were just as big as these trees and these tree trunks that exist in the world. Okay, I see what you're saying. However, because I'm so committed to this idea, <laughs> I do have to still say pterodactyl and the big old rhinoceros thing and all these scaly big old monsters, I need more proof. Let's go ahead and have the listeners listen to this clip that we found that talks more about conspiracy theories about dinosaurs and their shape or lack of. This person on TikTok goes by the name of RJ the Ghost, and he posted a video about dinosaurs being fake. So y'all trying to hear the thought that kept me up last night? But just so y'all know, there's never once been a completed T-Rex skeleton found. What about the one in Michigan with the T-Rex locked the battle with the Triceratops? That's not actually true. It wasn't even in Michigan. It wasn't a fucking T-Rex. But I digress. I don't have time for that argument. The point is there's never been a completed T-Rex skeleton found. Which means they've made most of this animal up. One complete item that they've consistently found is the skull. The other bones are all mismatched and shit. If anybody has seen these pictures, I don't need to point out how inaccurate the people who draw dinosaurs are because they give them the bones to a baboon, the bones to a zebra, the bones to a hippo and a swan, and that's what they came up with. That got me fucked up. But basically what I'm getting at is it, it's a dragon. It's a dragon skull. A lot of its bones being hollow would have explained why they've never found a complete skeleton because hollow bones are really hard to fossilize. I'm not saying they breathe fire, but you explain to me why there's a dragon in every single culture on the planet. RJ is making sense. I never really thought about the whole idea of dragons, but he has a point. Mm-hmm. In many fairy tales, many children's books, many movies that go way, way back, somehow a dragon is thrown in there. So he That's may be so onto true. something. But then I think about mysticalness of a dragon. Do we really want to jump on that bandwagon? Because then we're talking about mystical creatures. And we talked a little bit about unicorns and things in one of our earlier episodes, so we don't have to go back to it. <laughs> but he could be on to something. <laughs> right. Listeners, tune in to our other episode that we focused on conspiracy theories. It was titled, Did That Really Happen? And that was our first episode where we got deep into conspiracy theories and asked ourselves, did that really happen? Yeah, that was the episode mostly focusing on the Mandela effect and the multiple universes that may exist. But we'll get into that too, but we'll keep it pushing. Yes. Tune back into that one. Come back here and listen to more. <laughs> All right. So then what is our conclusion of this part of today's episode? Kim? If I had to drop a conclusion for everything we just discussed, I would say that dinosaurs are questionable. However, we can come to an agreement that there was some type of animal around many, many years ago before it got wiped out. What does it look like? We don't know. Did it breathe fire like a dragon? We don't know. Was it two inches long and three feet tall? Was it gigantic like a mountain? We can't really say, but for sure there was something else here with us way back then. Yeah, I can subscribe to that. Daughter, niece, move aside. I'm coming in. come on girl i gotta bring my own girl too (laughs) we all get in here together and go down this hole (laughs) (laughs) i got flashlights and snacks (laughs) (laughs) all right so then that leads us to a different theory and my theory is 
the concept that everyone is dead. Don't don't don't. Now I know Kim does not like to get morbid, but <laughs> let's get into it. I'm gonna go ahead and play the snippet. And listeners, by all means, go check out Mentally Gone Studios <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> That's quite the name. <laughs> Shout out to him. He's a very handsome man doing his thing. Craziest conspiracy theories that I have ever heard in my entire life. Everyone watching this right now, everybody you know, your parents, your family, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your friends is actually dead. No one is alive. But how is that possible, right? If everybody can feel pain, everybody can theoretically jump in front of a moving train, they can pinch themselves, they can hit themselves, they can inflict pain on others. How is it that we are all dead? So there are two well-known and documented things that we know happens to us after we are proclaimed clinically dead, meaning after the heart has stopped beating, right? Number one being that your whole life flashes right before your eyes and that's become cliche to say right you see it in movies you see it in cartoons you see it in novels and books whatever and number two being that your brain lives on for seven whole minutes after you've been proclaimed dead and in those seven minutes your brain is recreating memories in a dreamlike state and as einstein proclaimed time is relative right so time moves completely different for you when you're dead versus when you're alive. So those seven minutes for your brain after your death can vary anywhere from seven minutes to a hundred years. And it all feels real because you're living in a dreamlike state. And this theory claims that we all died in 2012 when the Mayans had predicted the end of the world and we all collectively died instantly. And that now we are all experiencing life through a shared consciousness. And that's why there's the Mandela effect because we're all trying to come together and recreate these memories as best as we can on a collective consciousness level. Level. So some people will remember certain things as being a certain way and others will remember things being another way. Nothing is real. No one is real. Everything is fake, including me. Spooky skeletons. It almost reminded me of back in 2009. I want to say Germany was doing some type of science experiment and I forget what it was. It was like a big mechanic looking thing that generates energy or recreated the sun. It was something crazy like that. And they were saying that with one push of a button to generate this contraption, it can wipe out the entire world. And that shit had me scared as hell. If you remember, our law academy teacher used to have a journal, maybe every day, every other day, senior year, we had to journal and things like that. And he would read it and give us feedback. Yes. Mm -hmm. I remember journaling how scared I was. <laughs> of this thing and how scared I was of the world ending and him being a smart ass teacher he was fun I do miss him he was a great teacher oh he replied back to me saying well how do you not know that the world already ended and we're already here and it was just a generation of a new system something he said crazy like that and I was kind of like yeah I won't write about this no more because now you're making a joke out of it but <laughs> listening to this video <laughs> and listen to him talk about how we were pretty much killed off and reborn in 2012 it reminds me of what our teacher was telling me so it, it could be something like that going on shout out to mr teacher we <laughs> love you but it's just crazy how he was speaking like that in 2009 and here's this man saying the same thing could have happened in 2012 so maybe there is some type of phenomenon like this happening maybe or maybe he was wearing his tinfoil hat at the moment and you were just too young in your mental capacity to understand his note. I would have kept that note. You didn't keep it? Girl, hell no. The last day of school, all that shit went in the trash. Oh, 
I've kept some of my journal entries from him that I really appreciate. Maybe I'm just more sentimental than you are. Yeah, we probably were like that. I'm sentimental now. I would have kept it now had he wrote something like that. But back being 17 years old, no. Do you agree with this theory? Right off bat, I do not agree with it. However, I do think it is a possibility. Only okay. because I remember in 2012, there was this big fear about the world ending. There was a lot going on with the discoveries of the Mayan calendar and what they predicted. And Nostradamus also talked about the world ending in the 2000s. All of these things about the world ending and these predictions just adds more to what Mr. Man is saying here. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to talk about the Mandela effect, we have talked about this before, how it's almost like a collective memory. Like we're trying to piece together something that may have happened, but everyone has a different recollection of it. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. We may be holding on to memories from our previous lives and trying to piece it together now. So I don't want to dismiss it, but it seems a little likely. That's so spooky skeletons. You never know. Of course, that's the whole fun of conspiracy theories. It's just an idea of something, but all of these ideas have some type of truth to them or have some type of backstory with some facts. You never know. All I know, though, is if I'm in a dream-like state, then, girl, let's dream a better dream. Okay? Can I get a bigger house? Can I get more privileges? (laughs) And my shared conscious doesn't have to be struggling and budgeting and all doing all of this present work. (laughs) This is some type of dream-like state, and we all going through these different sufferings and different bad lucks and different misfortunes then maybe that's not it. Maybe that conspiracy theory is not true. Who would pick to suffer? Who would pick to have bad shit happen to them constantly? It goes back into the spiritual world of how things are destined to be and we have to learn our lessons and go through troubles. So that dreamlike part, yeah, I don't think so. That right there. My spirituality compass lets me feel that I am here for a purpose and I am doing what I need to be doing in life and experiencing life. So even though I enjoyed listening to this theory and I love talking about it and questioning it and listening and taking it in, I also don't agree with it just because my dream of my child is not out of deadness. It's out of aliveness, out of love and in my spiritual sense is (laughs) I'm not doing this if there is a ship to be on I'm gonna take the ship as that this is something that I don't subscribe to and my kids coming with me because there's no way that she's my dream no (laughs) (laughs) so what ship are you on are you on the I'm in the dreamlike state and everyone is dead or are you on my ship with my kid? I'm getting on the ship with you. (laughs) Okay, good. Because I got snacks, girl. Don't nobody want to live that low vibrational life. We are up here high. (laughs) Now, it makes me question a couple things too because obviously as we live and make friends and have connections, people pass away. Whether it's a loved one, your neighbor, we experience Uh death in some type of form. Yeah. Are those people dying twice? How, what, yeah. what happens with them? Yeah, that's so true. And then when I think about energy and so you're saying the trees are dead. This is my dream. I understand that there's a lot of conspiracies of, oh, when you go to bed, that's really your life. And when you're awake, that's not really your life. And all of this is manifestation and we're just programmed. 
okay, but can I be programmed in happiness, y'all? Like, <laughs> can I be happy? Because <laughs> these trees look very cute. I'm going to celebrate the fact that these trees are looking beautiful. I'm going to celebrate the fact that I'm smelling fresh air. If this is some computer generated smelling of fresh air, well, then let me smell it in peace. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> There's another conspiracy theory that's connected with that one a little bit, but it talks more about social media and the internet. And that conspiracy theory is the internet is dead. Another spooky skeleton, y'all. So for this one, we decided to look into a article online and we'll go ahead and post the article for you guys to read if you want to. Did you know about this theory beforehand? I did not know about it until you bought it up maybe, what, two weeks ago? Oh, girl, I love this theory. When I first came across this theory, I thought it was so spooky, spooky skeleton. It had me looking at social media so differently. Let's go ahead and get into it. What are the spark notes, Miss Kim? Between 2016 and 2017, the internet died. And most of what we see on the internet as far as publishing content, posts on social media, influencers all these things we see are bots that were created to mimic real people do you believe that's true yes and no only because there are bots everywhere we just had an issue not too long ago where a bunch of bots and spam was flooding our dms so bots are everywhere but as far as them being <laughs> some type of repeat of a dead person i don't really know about that one it says that it's reflections of dead people? Not exactly reflections of dead people. I take that back. However, the internet is fake. It's all AI and robots. I believe that is true. It might not be as high as 100%. I believe that people do take a big part of the internet, but I also don't think that it's 100% of people either. And I say that because AI is real. And you can train AI to do things in specific ways that generates things on the internet, such as comments and likes and posts and following people and all of that. That is true, but it's also ran by a person who needs to upkeep those bots. So for every one person, you might have a hundred AIs. I do think that the internet is dead, but it's not a hundred percent dead. I think that most of the internet is carried through computer generalized coding and algorithms. But I do think that society and people who are living creatures do take a small fraction of the internet and actually use it and interact with those bots. In the article, it talks about how corporations are partnered together with the government to use these bots to make us think a certain way and to purchase their products. It's all about fucking money at the end of the day. Yeah. So I believe that part is absolutely true. We have seen the AI. Michaela, I think one is named, and it's another one, an yeah. AI of a very chocolatey model man. When I first saw it, I thought it was a real person, but it's not. Mm, yeah. It's there. It's in our face. We don't pay attention to it because we're going about our day, but it's right there in plain sight. I forget what they're called. They're generated, I don't know, something, something. All I know is that they mimic people and they mimic posts like people and they are out here interacting with people and organic creatures and they're interacting with themselves. So the fact that they're doing it in our face is enough for us to say that, yeah, there's a lot of bots on the internet. Thankfully, they're not organic matter because we would see them everywhere. We would see the ratio 
I don't want to see the ratio. I'm good. Let's not create all these AIs, please. Thank you. It's coming though. They're already in the grocery stores. The I know. that mops the floor for you. The dog from Black Mirror, people have those dogs walking with them down the street. So Ooh. it's coming. Ooh. Well, then there you go. Pretty soon we will know how dead the internet truly is. I will be so disappointed if I found out that Jack Harlow was AI. I may cry and never stop. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Brought to you by Jack Harlow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for intermission. <laughs> this really ties it back to the everyone is dead theory for me. If the internet is dead, is the internet part of our dreaming life? Again, there's so many factors that just don't equal the everyone is dead theory. I think the internet is dead, but I don't think everyone is dead. That one, I can stand beside you and support you with that thought. Ooh, you're helping me row the boat, girl. I'm getting the other paddle. Ooh, girl, I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely something fishy going on with the internet. It's not what it was when we were 13, 14 years old. Yeah, when our generation created the internet and was part of the guinea pig era. Yeah, this wasn't it. Uh-oh, you just made sense. So, you know how you just said that, oh my gosh, I probably shouldn't be doing this. I'm making up a whole nother conspiracy. Ooh. But <laughs> <laughs> Coin it, girl, coin it, Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know how you just said that we were the guinea pigs for the internet. Mm -hmm. We had to do the whole dial-in. We had to learn how to, the internet crashes. We had to learn how to work all these different MySpace and coding and all that shit, right? Mm. What if they were monitoring everything that we were doing, taking notes on it and use that to create these bots. So now they can mimic what we did, get the ideas of what people are looking for and we're no longer needed. Ooh, I agree with that a hundred percent. But then my question would be, then what happens when people are no longer here? What is the purpose? Why take over the world for what? You need some love, you need food, like what you need, boo? <laughs> Girl, that leads into the new world order and Illuminati. That's a whole different conspiracy well, within itself. I'm not ready for that. We need a season <laughs> two, season three for that, listeners. Let's take a sip. Cause let me let me grab this pure leaf <laughs> and drink some shout out pure leaf because this is getting hot in here. Oh, just me thinking out loud. They do think that you have a lot of points in the fact that they were replicating. They learned how to replicate and mimic people and their likes and dislikes to create bots that work in that fashion because it does make sense. There's companies out here. Facebook takes people's data and sells it. What do you think they're doing with that data? Instagram does the same thing. It's owned by Facebook. These social media sites are now regulated, but back in the day, they were not regulated. YouTube was not regulated. I saw Remy Ma allegedly do what she did to her non-friend. I, I saw that on YouTube, allegedly. Well, no, you won't <laughs> see that now. Exactly, that exactly. So I think that is very true. I would subscribe to that boat as well. Let's upgrade to a yacht, girl. I'm getting kind of tired of rowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get in our yacht and talk about some more conspiracy theories. Now we have more room. Ooh, great, because my girl was taking too much room. <laughs> All right. So now that we both agree that 
we don't subscribe to everyone is dead, but the internet might be on its last leg. Let's go ahead and move on to our next theory. This theory is the egg theory. Let's go ahead and listen to Mr. At Mentally Gone Studios. Once again, handsome man, check him out. I follow him on TikTok and I think he's awesome. To blow your mind into a billion little pieces. It's called the egg theory. And the egg theory is an attempt at answering two of life's hardest questions. Number one being, what is the meaning of life? And number two being, where do we go when we die? This theory was originally proposed by Andy Weir, who uses similar format to Plato's Socratic dialogue. And he tells the story of a man who dies in a car accident and is later introduced to the afterlife by a godlike being. And this man, like many of us can imagine, is riddled with existential questions. One of his main ones being, what happens now? So this godlike being tries its best to answer all of his questions and guides him through the initial shock of death. And this is where it gets crazy. God explains that reincarnation is actually what happens after we die. And that deep within ourselves, each and every one of us has all the experience and all the knowledge from all of our past lives. We just can't remember them. And that's by design. He says that the soul is more beautiful, complex, and magnificent than we can ever possibly begin to fathom. And that the human mind can only contain a very small fragment of what we truly are given the soul's infinite nature. He also explains that time as we know it is only perceived as linear because of the limited nature of our perceptive capabilities within the confines of this universe. So since we can get reincarnated to different points in time, becoming different people infinitely and simultaneously, when we interact with someone, we're technically interacting with ourselves. Or at least with the fraction of our soul and consciousness that inhabits that person's body. So God then goes on to say that he invented and created the entire universe just for you, the person watching this right now. And that every person that has ever existed, every person that currently exists, and every person that will ever exist is nothing more than a fraction of your infinite soul and consciousness perpetuating itself infinitely through time and space. And that the true meaning of life is for you to grow and mature through these infinite reincarnations. And that once you have lived every human life throughout time you will have developed and matured enough to finally be born as a god meaning that the universe is nothing more than an egg and your only goal is to be hatched spooky spooky skeleton i kind of like that one though i do too it's very spiritually based yes and we hear about reincarnation a lot especially if you're into certain spiritual beliefs Reincarnation is mentioned all the time. I never knew exactly what happened after we reincarnated over and over and over again, but now it makes sense. If you have lived every part of the world as different parts of your life, had different experiences, learned different lessons, of course you're gonna reach like a high level and be godlike. That makes sense to me. I like that one. Yes, it makes me think about consciousness density and also spirituality at its finest and zodiac science at its finest too intertwined with all of this because the spiritual aspect of zodiac science is a way of leveling up yourself because you have to experience all the zodiac science before you are able to feel godlike and get in higher level of conscious and that happens through your spiritual path or journey or whatever you want to call it if this theory of the egg is true, do you personally feel like you still have some lessons to learn and more lives to live? 
That's a really good question. I do think so. I look at my energy and feel that my energy is mature. I would say I do feel that my energy is wise. I've always felt this about myself ever since I was young. And I also do think that in my conscious, I have a few more lives to live in terms of different aspects, different perspectives. But I can also say that I feel that I have gained a lot of perspectives in my journey, in my energy journey, and I use them in my power and in my world. And I see that because some things I know how to handle very well. And I was not taught. <laughs> like, I didn't get this from my mama, from my daddy. And where did it come from? It came from my spiritual side and my ability to tap into the things I have learned previously and they're ingrained in me. So I, I'm getting deep. Let me back up. Let me take a sip. Kim, what do you think? <laughs> My answer isn't as fancy as yours. However, Ooh. I do believe that... <laughs> <laughs> you and I are at this crossroad again. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but just off the top of my head, I would say that I do have some more lives to live. This life that I'm living right now has been pretty smooth, pretty easy. I have bumps here and there. The older I get, the more life experiences I have and I have to learn a lesson from them. So I'm learning. I'm picking up some shit, but I know that's not it. <laughs> I know it's not all done there. So I do believe there's some more to come after this. Spiritually, how do you feel? What level of maturity do you feel in life? Or do you think that changes over time? It changes over time. Think about when you're a kid and how you handle things and process things versus how you handle and process things now as a grown woman. Especially yeah. with the research you do, with the life you live, with the things you learn is way different. So I'm not talking about logic. I'm talking about spirituality, though. Of course, we evolve as people as more we learn. But I'm talking about spiritual, your spiritual energy, your essence. Do you feel that that has matured over time? Or do you think that people come into this world at a level of maturity in their spiritual consciousness? There are children out there that are born and they're made into these godlike figures of their community because of the way that they handle themselves spiritually speaking as the, in the term of, oh, they've been here before or this is reincarnation at its finest. What do we say about that? That's very much a thing. I've heard many stories about kids being well before their time or kids making comments and say things that they have experienced past life. It happens all the time, but usually at some point, those kids forget all of that and they go on to do other things. And sometimes those things may be good and sometimes those things may be bad. So between yes and no, but there's a change there, of course. Would you say that you were aware of your spiritual consciousness as a child? No, not at all. And that goes a lot to how spirituality was pre presented to me as a kid. So no, absolutely not. As a kid, we were always taught to do what our parents say and follow our parents' beliefs and things like that. It wasn't until I got older and really found myself and called bullshit on a lot of that. So no, as a kid, I had no clue. Oh, that's so interesting. I remember as a kid being naturally attracted to outside. I used to talk to trees as a kid. I used to talk to the flowers, the motherfucking bees, the animals. <laughs> the more I say this, the more that I sound like no white. 
but I used to be so attached to life outside of my immediate environment that I think that's what triggered my spiritual side. And I do believe that that allowed me to mature in it or gain momentum to continue pursuing it. Because I always felt naturally attracted to things that made me feel aligned. And I remember always seeking that. You were one of those kids that came into the world with already having this feeling and this knowledge. You may be one of the people who are closer to their godlike status than That's someone scary. like me. No, no, no. It's not scary. The way they describe it, it sounds like it's a beautiful thing. And the reason I say that because you already been in this gang. As a young kid, you just said it, you were fucking Snow White. <laughs> that tells me right there that you're a little bit more advanced than somebody like me who suppressed a lot of it until they got older and snatched off the veil. So maybe your next couple transitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to crack out the egg. I'm not ready to. Give me 10 more days. <laughs> <laughs> I want to wait for Kimberly. Hold on. Hold on. JP can't go without Carisha. <laughs> in city girls. We're going to be city girl chicks. Hold on. <laughs> See, I wonder how other people who are naturally drawn to that type of thing feel because that's such an interesting concept. I think that this theory is one of those theories that you could just talk on about forever because it's so layered and so fascinating. This is definitely one that many people should look into. Of course, there's all these different conspiracy theories about life and about existence and about being a human being, but this one should probably be at the top of the list for someone who really wants to think about their purpose and why they're here. Yeah, it's one of those. What is your purpose in life? And to be quite honest, if my purpose in life is to become godly-like, then that's a nice purpose. If my purpose is to continue regenerating my energy until I have seen all the perspectives of life, then that's a nice purpose too. It makes me think about Don Miguel Ruiz. (laughs) 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 Listeners, if you guys have tuned in to our latest episode before this one, you will know exactly what we're talking about. And if you haven't, by all means, go check it out after this episode. It makes me think about... At this point, just check out any episode because we mention him in every episode. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think about how how he brings in the idea that we're each other. That we can't be hurtful towards each other because it's representative of ourselves. It goes back to ourselves. So... If we are in line to be godly, then we have to be godly to each other because that's our experience of each other. And and uh, it just makes me feel so sentimental and so squishy. It makes me think about how relationships are the most important when speaking about this egg theory. Because like he mentioned a little bit in the video, each person we cross paths with or each person we interact with is a little bit of us. Yes. You want to treat yourself good, right? So you need to treat others well when you meet with them. It's mm. all about unity and being together at that point. Yes. And it also makes me think about the need for us to continue to learn how to be good to each other, no matter what. 
And I think that's probably a reason into why we need to see different perspectives because we need to learn grace. We need to learn compassion. We need to learn patience. And we can't do that if we have every experience be a pleasant one. That makes me think more about our good fellow, Mr. Ruiz, because in his <laughs> book, he talks about it too. So it makes me think more of him. Oh, that's a really beautiful theory. I enjoyed that theory. I'm on that yacht eating some tuna. <laughs> Kim, what are you having as a snack? I know no tuna for Kim. So we're going to give her some grapes. No, I like grapes. I'll take a fruit tray. Can we do that? Oh, I'll take a fruit tray too. Give me some of that. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one more theory. It's kind of a weird one. It's like one of those weird fan theories about cartoons that have me sucked in for a little bit and it scared me. <laughs> she got on the bandwagon. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. What, what's the theory? Girl, I got on that bandwagon and got the fuck off because it was fucking with my head. So... <laughs> <laughs> you realize you were an adult. <laughs> Everybody knows SpongeBob SquarePants. I love SpongeBob. There was a theory going around that there was this lost episode about Squidward. So this lost episode of... Spongebob Squarepants is about Squidward deleting himself but in the episode it starts off as Squidward performing his clarinet very badly in front of the band or in front of an audience but when the camera turns to the audience they all have this weird look on their face and they have red eyes or something like that and Squidward is scared why are they looking at me like this what did I do they must know something and Squidward goes back home gets ready for bed is something else going on What it's a bad vibe in the room or something about he was hearing voices. It's real crazy and creepy, this episode, supposedly. And it goes on that he started zooming out. Like he had this dead look on his face when the camera turned to him. And when they zoomed in in his mind, it was some very unpleasant pictures floating back to back clips. I won't say what the pictures are of because it was very disturbing when I read it. But it was, <laughs> it's crazy. It was pictures of this type of thing. And he ended the episode by unfortunately picking up a weapon and deleting himself. I don't know how true this is that this episode exists, but supposedly producers don't know how this episode ended up in their catalog. They don't know who made this episode and there's more to it. And when they watched it all the way through, it scared them as well. They left the studio upset and, and in a panic. Ooh. I don't oh, want to wow. see it if it is true. <laughs> I don't want to see it. And again, somebody said that, you know, that episode, not episode, but that website called Creepypasta. Yes. It's a fan story off of Creepypasta. I don't know, but it grilled me in a little bit and then it scared me and I had to clear my search history and not think about it no more. <laughs> oh, and it crept back up. Now that's a scary, spooky skeleton one. I would yes. have to say it for sure. That one, let's sage our space. <laughs> That's spooky. Oh, okay. I too would be drawn into figuring out whether it was true or not. I would be drawn into that for sure. Now, do you think it's real? Yes and no. Only because I know creepypasta is where people post crazy stories like this. And some I people love have a big imagination. <laughs> you might find out if you search it. And some people have big imaginations and that's where they let their creativity flow. So that's why I say it can't be real. But at the same time, a lot of these TV shows that we watch do have weird episodes they cannot air. Ren and Snippy, even though Ren and Snippy was already racy enough, they have very adult-like episodes that only get aired on a certain channel at a certain time. So this does happen. 
So that's why I say I don't believe it, but if it pops up, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think that there are lost episodes out in the world. And I also know this too. There's a lot of fan-based episodes that are made by fans that take on different roles and different aspects of the show. So maybe it could be one of those too. And it could be. Again, people like to get creative and make up their own stories. It's just if somebody's out there making up a story like that, let me give you my therapist number. Because the pictures that they claim were floating throughout the episode, I would have never thought in a million years to use that type of picture. So they need some help. Yeah, that's true. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's a spooky skeleton one. Let's go ahead and end this on a lighter note. (laughs) Well, I did hear another conspiracy recently about the food plants being burned down. Oh, or is that still kind of dark and sad? It's still dark and sad, girl. But we can talk (laughs) about it. I think that it's a conspiracy theory that is very close to real life. So we want to tread carefully. Most conspiracy theories have a sad ending or have like a negative vibe, a very bad ulterior motive. I can't really think of a time I've heard a positive conspiracy theory. You know what? I'm about to blow your mind, but let's go ahead and talk about the one that you do have. Another one that's not so happy, happy, joy, joy. It is about the recent burning down of the food plants. So if you have been keeping up with the news, living in this world, you would notice there's a food shortage and there has already been, I think, a total of 19 food plants that caught fire. I think that's the last number I saw recently, but the conspiracy behind that is the government is purposely setting these plants on fire to further fuel the food shortage that is going on in the world and leading up into another war. Is it to fuel the fire or to have complete domination over people and create more chaos within people because whoever controls the food controls the people? Well, I would have to say it's about control. If the government is behind us, and we have heard many stories about how the government wants us to all be Allegedly. the same and want to control how the government allegedly wants to control our every move, this falls right into their plan. So it could be that. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) CIA, FBI, we don't want no smoke. (laughs) We don't want no smoke, but at the same time, we want to keep our food. Somebody got to do something. For those that want a positive conspiracy theory, Shout out to Reddit, actually. I love Reddit. I don't know, listeners, if you guys enjoy Reddit. If you don't know what it is, go check it out. If you do know what it is, by all means, send me good Reddit posts to our DMs. One of them said, I can't help but feel some glee when I see stuff about aliens going around to military bases and turning off our nuclear weapons and disengaging missiles. (laughs) If that's not positive, I don't know what is. Well, that would be nice if they are. They're trying to bring a little peace into the world. I don't know about this one. I don't know if this is considered positive, but I think it's kind of nice, one user said. There's a theory that UFOs are time travelers, humans from the future, and they're traveling back in time to see how we used to live. Now, I've heard that before. They have been trying to, and by they, I mean scientists, the government, all those fancy people 
they have been trying to experiment with time travel and supposedly, allegedly, all these words, there is a time travel machine out there and it is possible to use. If that is true, I don't see why we cannot have people traveling in UFOs to come check on us. I also know that time travel is possible in milliseconds of time. So if that's possible, that means that scientists out there or people who are into that field can create a mathematical formula algorithm or some sort to make it be a bigger possibility for a person to travel. And if that's possible in our universe, then by all means, we have other people visiting us from different timelines. It goes back to one of the theories that we saw or we heard earlier regarding how one of the videos said that time is not linear. Therefore, we only see time as linear because of the inability to see other realms and other ways that time is not linear so if that's true then there are other people visiting us and coming here we just can't see them because our naked eye is not equipped for that maybe our spiritual self is and maybe that's when we feel vibrations in the room or a shift in the room but outside of that we don't know because we can't see. We blind out here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very interesting if someone can prove that one. Mm -hmm. And maybe they can not interject with us too. There's also a theory out there that says that other galaxies and other faraway places in the in the outside outside of our planet and beyond there may be a possibility that that's a different us in a different dimension because of time once again. I may look very different in that galaxy, in that Earth-like planet. My energy might look different. It may be a man, it may, may be a tree, we don't know, or something else that we don't even have a name to. All of this is very interesting. More can develop from this, so we shall stick around and see. Ooh, stay tuned for the development. I think that's a quite positive note to end on in terms of conspiracy theories. So there you have it. We brought forth to you some more conspiracy theories. As always, we're looking to learn and engage with you. So if you have some to share, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Slide into our DMs and drop a conspiracy theory that you think is interesting or leave it in the comments. We enjoy comments too. Yes, we do. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for hear us go back and forth about <laughs> these ideas and we are getting close to the end of the season so please feel free to revisit all of our old episodes as well we have a few episodes remaining on this season and we hope that you guys continue engaging with us while kim and i take a hot girl summer break <laughs> but we'll be back with more stories after our hot girl summer i promise <laughs> yes that'll be fun We'll be talking about hot girl summer stuff all the way till winter. Well, I don't know about that. Auntie be tired. So <laughs> I can give you a little something. <laughs> she said auntie be tired. All right, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. It has been so much fun. I really enjoyed our conspiracy theory conversation. I hope your guys have a tinfoil hat available to you. You may not take it off and assume normal life. As always, move in love, be safe out there, and we'll talk to y'all next time. 
This episode has been brought to you by Soul Tribe Publishing House.